0: Money FM eighty nine point three, best of drive time. Money FM eighty nine point three. It is drive time with Elliot Danker, Timothy Go and Chuan Tian Tian, and it is now time for Market View, where we will be putting the banking sector in Singapore in focus. But first, let's get a recap of how Friday went.
1: Right, Elliot. So Singapore shares opened higher today, tracking solid gains in global markets following several major developments in the global banking sector. Now, back-home data from Enterprise Singapore also showed key exports contracted for the fifth straight month in February, but at a slower pace than the month before because a decline in non-electronic shipments eased. Now, the Straits Times index was up 0.5% in early trade to 3,170 points after nearly 149 Million securities changed hands then. Now let's take a look at the closing numbers. The benchmark STI closed up 0.88% at 3,183 points. In terms of value turnover, that's 1.89 billion Sing dollars. The gainers outnumbered losers 307 versus 233. Top advances UOB, New Incorporation USD, Venture Corp, and Top Decliners, GMH USD, HOPA, and Jardin Cycle and Carriage. Now, the banking sector in Singapore, as you mentioned earlier, Elliot, continues to be in focus today. The Monetary Authority of Singapore said yesterday that the true of local banks' exposure to credit sues are insignificant, the banks are well capitalised and conduct regular stress tests against credit and other risks. So much to watch on a Friday. And joining us as we break down all that market movements, Benjamin Goh. Head of Research and Investor Education at as Well, Ben, welcome to the show.
2: Hey, hi, Tian Tian.
1: Great to have you, Anna uh, Ben. Let's start with the usuals. How did the SDI close for the week?
2: Well, the SDI is up about zero point one eight percent for the week. So um, not as great as how it performed today uh, on a standalone basis. Uh, I think certainly the unfolding events in the U.S. banking sector is a bit of a downer, um, and there is a little bit of a flight. To safety aspect here, because as you had mentioned, uh, the vast majority of the SDI companies do up. The only ones that were down were the Jardine CNC, jardin Medicine mm. Holdings, Hong Kong Land, and Paradigm, as well as Maple Tree Industrial Trust. So you've got the vast majority of the big companies uh, in Singapore doing uh, fairly well today. Um, with respect to the latest non oil domestic exports number um, of a minus 15.6% year on year, there's actually an improvement over last month's minus 25%. Uh, and it is tracking or it tracked almost exactly the same as the consensus analyst estimates. So, um, that being the case, uh, I think this was not really an impact on today's performance uh, since there were hardly any surprises in terms of uh, upside or downside risk for the non-oil domestic exports. So probably not um, any kind of impact on these uh, stock market performance.
0: All right, uh, Ben, we've got some companies to watch as well. But uh, looking more specifically on the biggest movers, uh, yeah. what are your thoughts on, on, on what we saw today?
2: Well, certainly this weekend has been a local right? Uh, for those of us in Singapore, there is a bit of a crisis unfolding in the U.S., uh, yeah. reminiscent of uh, Lehman Brothers, so and so forth. Uh, there is, a certain, um, as I mentioned, uh, mentioned, uh, mentioned just now, a uh, movement towards safe havens. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's why you can see uh, the vast majority of SDI components stocks schooling up. So it's quite interesting to see that uh, even the Singapore banking sectors, uh, banking stocks were also up. Uh, we had a corporate event with UOB group earlier this week. There were a ton of questions regarding Silvergate, SVB, <laughs> so and so forth. Mm. Uh, but uh, again, I think we're going to get to the next question. But but again, the thing about banks uh, are strong. I mean, you know, balance sheets, so and so forth. Uh, and they have performed pretty well today, considering the turmoil overseas.
1: Right. And zooming in on the banking sector, as you mentioned, Ben, the MAS has said that the true of local banks' exposure to credit suites are insignificant. The banks are well capitalized. They conduct mm. regular stress tests against credit and other risks. Uh, any thoughts on this? And if Singapore banks are well capitalised and well-placed, could we see an inflow in deposits uh, from those shifting the money away from the US and Europe?
2: Okay. Um, I think this is one of those times when, you know, you're thankful that you're Singaporean because this gas-u-gas gas mentality mm. definitely fits into the, you know, into the reason why Singapore banks are so well capitalised. They definitely have got robust risk management policies, procedures. They tend to be Rather conservative, and Mm. that's why they usually have got sufficient buffers or, in accounting terms, we call it accruals, accruals for non-performing loans. Uh, So as you can see, they they already have a buffer for any kind or even the worst case kind of contingency, and there is no direct exposure of the Singapore banks to anything that's happening in the US. So we also need to kind of remember that what's been happening in US. Really as, as VB banks, Silicon Valley Bank and, and all that, they're rather small banks. Mm. They do not represent systematic risk. Their depositors were basically startups or hedge funds or venture capitalist firms, so on and so forth. Nothing to do with the auntie and uncles. So there's you know, there, there shouldn't be there shouldn't be any kind of impact on the Singapore banking sector. Um, there may be significant inflows coming in from you know people moving out, of US banks as well as Euro, but um, we'll have to see simply because the Singapore banks are rather strong regionally hmm. usually in terms of branding in terms of exposure footprint and services but they are not exactly at the same level as Citigroup or Wells Fargo in the US so it might be a bit of a reach for um, clients in the US uh, right. who may not you know, know anything about DBS or UOB to move their money but at some level that could be in close.
0: Uh, Ben, uh, I want to take a look at Thai Bev. Uh, The company clarified uh, in a late night Boris filing yesterday, I believe, that it's got no concrete plans to list or sell its spirits business. Uh, Apparently, this is on the back of Bloomberg reporting that it is exploring options that include uh, an initial public offering in Singapore. All right, Mm -hmm. let's talk about the basis for that report, you know, for the plans to list or sell the spirit business. Uh, How are you reading into Thai Bev's response here?
2: Well, it sounds like the company is exploring various options to raise funds for, you know, either for the expansion or to fortify its balance sheet. Uh, and it sounds like it has not settled on any one proposal yet.
0: So um,
2: we note that in its two zero two two financial year reporting, Thai Beverage uh, actually reported a twenty two point two percent rise in net income. Um, but the company itself has also cited prolonged challenging market conditions as the rationale for the fundraising. So okay. um, looking at the numbers itself, I don't think there are any glaring issues on the operating side of things. I think it's just uh, part and parcel of where we are in the economic cycle. Uh, so this could be a timing issue because obviously the company does not want to sell itself uh, short by mm. accepting a global number. So it's mm-hmm. a question of valuation. Right. Um, so I guess when the company, or rather the uh, economy, improves, uh, they might get get better bids for the parts of the organization that they want to uh, sell.
1: Right. If you're just tuning in, we're now in conversation with Benjamin Goh, Head of Research and Investor Education at SIAS. Well, Ben, since you're here today and you're from SIAS, yeah. I want to take this chance to ask about Bao State Singapore because Ball State Singapore's bid to acquire Bao State Projects at 95 Singapore cents the share is met with opposition and in particular from the Securities Investors Association Singapore or SIAS. So coming from SIAS perspective, any comments here? Sure. Um,
2: SIAS, I, mean, I think the press statement on the 13th of March earlier yeah. this week. I think the crux of the matter is that um, the independent financial advisor has opined that both sets of is not fair but reasonable. Now, as we know that under SGX listing rules, all exit offers for voluntary listing must be both fair and reasonable. So you can't have not fair but
0: reasonable.
2: So that's mm. crux of the issue is. so we 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 hope that the management considers revising its offer price um but in the meanwhile uh we think that shareholders should seriously consider not accepting the offer uh mm. there is some concern out there that because if shareholders do not accept the offer then um you know, yeah. the company may not have sufficient liquidity mm. and they may not be able to exit their position. Uh that should not be the case, uh, because SGX or rather or other CS, uh, we have also asked uh SGX uh, or to require the company to restore the free float mm. so that existing investors can also exit their positions if they want. If they do not wanna accept the uh delisting, they mm. can exit in the open market.
1: Right, and let's take a look at some of the headlines around the world. Uh, ben, J. B. Morgan's Jamie Dimon, U.S. Treasury Secretary oh, yeah. uh, Janet Yellen, and Fed Chair Jerome Powell—they've gathered major U.S. banks to. Uh, inject this thirty billion U.S. dollars in deposits into First Republic Bank. So mm. uh, the question is, why is it in the interest to do so? And I, I believe shares are on track to uh, end the week higher in the U.S. So, what why is it in the interest to do so? And is this a case? As, are these banks that have received deposits uh, as a result of the recent withdrawals from these uh, regional lenders, smaller lenders, and are they now just Putting it back in into First Republic.
2: Mm. Um, okay, so I think in a nutshell, the global economy is in a rather delicate position. So mm. before this week, before uh, Silvergate, before SVB, um, the narrative was that the Fed and other central banks globally, uh, you know, they are trying their best to tread the, the middle. So they are fighting inflation while not tanking economic growth. Now, this is made so much harder this week simply because of uh, the fact that um, there, is, there are now you know, concerns about the safety of uh, deposits in banks in the U.S. So this could be a budding banking crisis, right? Now, again, just to be mm. clear, there is no systematic risk. There's no suggestion that S V B or First Republic or Signature Bank, uh, no suggestion at all that they pose systematic global risk, None, zilch, right? These banks are not Lehman Brothers. They're not even in, you know, a player in the derivatives market. Hmm. But that's it. Perception matters a lot. So that's why the Fed, the US Treasury, and the leading banks have all stepped in. So uh, they have guaranteed deposits uh, far and above the uh, FEDEC requirements. That means even though you have got millions of dollars, 100% of your deposits in you know, these banks are guaranteed Um, This is, and also for um, First Republic, they have come together and injected 30 billion US dollars. Now, this is to ensure that there's sufficient liquidity. Mm. So, even if depositors want to take their money out, they can. There is no chance that you go to an ATM and you don't get your money back, right? Mm. So, all these actions are meant to assure that the banking system is robust, there is no counterparty risk, and all deposits are safe, now, you had a different question about the inflows. Um, well, I think, again, there's something to be said about flight to safety. So, yes, J.P. Morgan and the other big banks have seen some inflows uh, because people have moved money out of the regional banks into the big banks. Uh, but there is obviously an element of self-interest for the big banks.
1: Hmm.
2: So... Um, the previous narrative is that the Biden administration were looking into beefing up regulations of the banking sector, including the big banks. So the big banks were already coming under fire for soaking up a lot of the deposits from the smaller banks. Mm. Uh, so coming together, this is an opportunity for them to backstop the banking system as a whole to prevent a wider mm-hmm. contingent effect and to show that they are part of the solution. Right. So the regulators have guaranteed all deposits in Silicon Valley Bank, and I would expect them to do the same for any other bank that is perceived to
1: Right and uh, well, very quick one, uh, Ben. Before I let you go, sting on the topic of SVB as well and mm. the ongoing banking crisis in the US, India's Deputy IT Minister he said Indian startups had deposits worth about one billion US dollars with SVB, and we know that uh, India has a lot of tech firms. How vulnerable is the country to this crisis?
2: Mm. Well. Um, the number itself, U.S. $1 billion, mm. is actually a paltry amount of India as a whole. Yeah. Uh, and again, the depositors uh, for the SVB are basically Indian startups. So they are not retirees, they're not pensioners, they're not auntie-uncles. Right? So that mm. said, the issue is really about confidence and trust in the banking system. So if you have a bunch of Indian startups going belly up because of this, then there could be a domino effect on Indian vendors, suppliers of those startups, uh, related parties, so on and so forth. Um, so the perception is that you don't want a change in the armor, you don't want companies going down, because then the perception is that we're very close to the cliff, we, we don't want that to happen. All right. So it's about the perception and the contingent risk. The mm-hmm. dollar amount itself is not really an issue.
1: Right, so the keyword for the day, perception, perception, perception. Thanks very much, Ben. That was Benjamin Go, Head of Research and Investor Education at Sias. Have a great weekend ahead.
0: Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation and risk tolerance.